Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Today's guest, Hebrew Brantley. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Check out the column each Thursday in the New York Post. Check out the podcast each Thursday, anywhere you download podcasts. Some of your favorite artists, athletes, entertainers, fashion designers. If it's happening, we're going to talk about it on the Renaissance Man podcast. Also, check me out on YouTube. Leave a comment. Who do you want to see on the show? The Renaissance Man. It don't stop every Thursday. Today's show is about painting the vision you see for yourself. You are the artist of your life. It's why vision boards work. We all have desires of where we want to be in life, where we want to go. But we have to be able to visualize what it looks like. I saw myself playing for Michigan. I saw myself in the NBA. I painted that scene in the canvas of my mind over and over again, which kept me focused. Today's guest, Hebrew Brantley, a noted artist and painter. He made a life and career painting his life growing up in Chicago. I'm so excited to talk to him because we get to celebrate his work with him while he's still here. So many black artists don't get their flowers until after they pass. But today, he's painting a picture for us of why art still matters in 2021. Welcome to this week's Renaissance Man podcast. I promised you guys, not only was this going to be a dope podcast each and every week, but I'm going to get the best and the brightest from each industry. Today, I am honored to not only have one of the craftiest, most thoughtful people that you've ever seen paint or do art, but also he's just a fly dude. Please welcome to the show, Hebrew Brantley. And salute, sir. Thank you for having me, man. This is uh, it's a huge honor and a pleasure, man. All love. Life imitates art. It How does. is your hometown of Chicago reflected in your art? And I think, you know, you 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 from the Midwest, man, you from the D and, you know, it's just like, I think even like in ball, right? Like at a time, I think, you know, guys played a certain way regionally, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that like, that's a bit reflective in, in the art. Um, but for me, it was like sort of looking at that, um, who was doing what in Chicago, you know, at, at certain periods and how could I elevate beyond that and sort of bring something new. And and for me, it was like, you know, creating these narratives using characters um, as, as, as like, you know, if you, if you read, you know, the Sunday funnies, if you read like, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie Brown, the peanuts, like Charles Schultz could say whatever he wanted to say, but do it through these characters. Right. And so that was sort of my way in where it's like using these characters to get out my message you know, my personal feelings, beliefs, et cetera. And, 
you know, Chicago really helped shape that because, you know, that's, that's at a point that was all I knew for real, you know, and, and that was those streets shaped me um, and the people there shaped me and my influences. So it was, you know, it all starts there. That's the root. Was art your first creative outlet? Yeah, it was um, like, man, I grew up, I grew up with a family of hoopers and the craziest thing, like I'm six, eight. And uh, the craziest thing was that like all my cousins could draw, you know? And so it was like, we would be out all day playing ball <clears throat> right off Lakeshore and come back, you know, to my aunt's house, my grandmother's house, whatever. And, uh, and just, you know, draw. Like I was the cousin that collected comic books. So they would thumb through my books or I had dope magazines. You know, I was a, I was a young sneak, aspiring sneakerhead. I was too broke to really be a sneakerhead, but, <laughs> um, but I would sit and I would draw sneakers. I would draw superheroes. I would, you know, and so that was like a big bonding time for all of us. And like, you know, I had a cousin, um, one cousin that played at Louisville for a minute, Alvin Sims. And, you know, Alvin and his brother, man, they, they, they were cold, you know, off on the court and off the court. Like they could, they could draw and paint. And, you know, they were early inspirations to me. And I think, you know, it was just that thing of like, basketball was a thing that I loved, but it wasn't my heart. And, and art was more like that expression. It just felt, you know, it was just something there for me, you know, always. The theme for this episode is you are the artist of your life. What were some of the dreams that you've accomplished already that you're proud of? And what are some of the dreams that you haven't painted just yet? Uh, certain things that I've accomplished, you know, I think it's, it's um, being able to exhibit around the world, you know, having had like art exhibitions, you know, in, in Europe and China, uh, I mean, Asia, you know, just obviously America, Canada, you know, South America, um, you know, that's, that's huge because again, it's like, it's like campaigning, you know, you just get to spread the message, uh, spread the vision. And so that, that's always a big thing. Uh, and has always been a big thing and, you know, just growth in that, in that way of, you know, being able to, you know, it's one thing, man, to look at art on Instagram and, you know, say, oh, that's a cool image. But then it's another to actually go into a gallery or a space and just be sort of consumed by it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's another kind of feeling and emotion that's evoked. And so, um, you know, as often as I get a chance to do it, you know, I, I'm here for it. You know, I want to do it, you know, more and more and just continue that, you know, throughout my life. You're 6'8", and you mentioned we both from the Midwest. And we know a lot of people that grew up how we grew up, we felt like Biggie said, either you sling crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. So we want that fast money, mm -hmm. cars, watches, but those things depreciate with value. And I know you've had to explain this time and time again to people in life because art appreciates in value. How can we make smart art purchases? I think, you know, like anything, man, it's just, you know, once you sort of, you know, empower yourself with knowledge of, 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 you know, who's out there, what's out there, what's being, you know, sold at what. I think, you know, first and foremost, getting into the art game, and I always tell people just to buy what they love, you know, and I think that, like, starting from that place is genuine, it's earnest, and it only brings about a really good result, because at the end of the day, 
like, you know, for most people, they don't have super, you know, large disposable income to just go ahead and I'll, I'll buy this paint, you know, like the wealthy, I'll buy this painting and I'll store it. I won't even hang it up, you know? Um, and so I think, you know, starting there and then, you know, it's just like anything, man, once you get into it, you know, you kind of fall through that rabbit hole, you find out more, you understand more and, you know, finding those other artists that really speak to you that, you know, are on different levels, you know, and, 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 you know, the hardest part is, is honestly, is just trying to, you know, once you get to those artists on those levels is, you know, finding work that's available, you know, and potentially still affordable, depending on who you are and where you are. But I think for me, you know, one of the important things early on was like, you know, I looked at like the eighties pop movement, art movement, you know, in New York and like, like guys like Warhol and Herring and, and, and that's what really brought me in, you know, and Basquiat. And so, thinking about like how accessible their work was not only just you know from the visuals but like t-shirts you know like collabs with brands and things like that like being able to 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 have different points of merchandising that have my art in it so people can participate at at, at different levels you know and it's like you know that person that buys a t-shirt today next year they might buy a print after that they might buy a painting so like you know, as, as I grow, my audience grows with me and, and, and allowing them to participate at different levels, I think is really important. Where can your supporters go and find some of your signature pieces and some of the things that you have coming up next? Um, man, I've got a lot of shows actually overseas this year. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot was kind of postponed because of COVID last year. So I've got like exhibitions uh, in Hong Kong, um, in, in April, um, Tokyo in, in October. Um, and then, you know, I've got a big exhibition coming to New York in June. Um, so, you know, I think just kind of stay in tune and, and watching, uh, you know, for those, for those, uh, alerts, but I'm, you know, coming to a city near you. Absolutely. And this podcast is with the New York post, the oldest publication in the United States of America. So, We'll make sure we get it out on their social handles, page six and all of that. But I want to ask you this question. What would you like to see the educational system do for the world of art to get kids involved? Mm, that's a really good question, man. Um, I, I mean, I think <clears throat> support it, you know, like really support it. Put some put some and some some money behind it. Find that money. I think that, you know, art is, first of all, most educate the educational system is antiquated i think you know and it's we're we're still teaching from an old playbook and you know i think that if if time has proven anything it's like you know uh, we sort of we have evolved and we we need to continue to evolve and like that includes how we look at art you know whether it's music whether it's you know uh, theater or 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 you know like you know, art, painting, you know, sculpting, et cetera, but like allowing for students to have the opportunity to try these things and really, you know, express themselves and find sort of their creative center is, is super important. You know, I've, um, I applaud, man, with, you know, what you've done, you know, with your own institution, Thank you, um, you know, and, you know, guys like LeBron as well, like I've, I've helped participate when and however I can, man. And, and it, just let me take a moment and just tell you like, bro, like, if you need something in that arena, please reach out. Like I'm here for it. Um, I just, I think it's, it's extremely important, man, because, you know, even me coming up, like, 
you know, I, like it wasn't readily available. You know, those 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 lines of support when it came to the creative, you know, were something you had really had to seek and find. And you know, especially in a city like Chicago, as big as it is, diverse as it is, like we we need those outlets. You know, these kids need those outlets, and 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 they need to continue to see that those things are available and those things are actually being thought of as, you know, real opportunities for these kids to, you know, to, to, to grow from. And I think, you know, if, if social media has shown us anything, it's like, you know, the lure of the starving artist doesn't necessarily exist. You know, there's, there's great opportunity and, and, and good money to be made in this arena. That's exactly where I was going with this final question. Art starts, art starts as a fun, but it's a way to pay your bills, but then you turn it into a business. So as much as people see it as you're artistic, you're also an entrepreneur. What are the key steps other aspiring artists can take to build their art business? I think now it's, it's honestly, it's more easy than ever. You know, there's so many outlets, you know, before there was sort of a traditional path you had to kind of, you know, maneuver. Um, but, you know, I think now, man, it's like, I mean, you know, you have independent galleries that are just Instagram based accounts, you know, and, and you have NFTs now, you know, which is the sort of another new craze. But, you know, I always tell like young guys, you know, first it starts with finding that voice, you know, whatever that is, and then using the tools, social media as, as you know, as a huge sort of resource to help push the agenda, push the message, push the work. Um, you know, like, you, I mean, just in all forms of art, look at, you know, obviously like my brother Chance, like, you know, what Chance was able to do off of social media, right? Building that, I mean, it's phenomenal. And visual artists do it all the time. Um, you know, there's there's a number of artists that, you know, didn't grow up in art, didn't, you know, grow up in that world or understanding that thing and their understanding or limited knowledge came off of what they saw on social media and they just grew their platform you know, started to really engage with, you know, their fan base and, you know, starting small, but, you know, to grow it, doing prints, t-shirts, little things to just engage with an audience, having some shows. And, you know, before you know it, man, people, you know, people gravitate towards, towards real. So, yeah. Well, I applaud you, my brother. Thank you you are a role model. You're a genius. And art is something in particular that kids that look like us should get exposed to. And it would be an honor at some point if you're ever in the Detroit metropolitan area to meet our students and allow them to understand who you are and what you do, because I'm gonna be telling them. Man, let's do it. I'm, I'm, my, my wife is from Detroit, man. You know, my, my in-laws live in Southfield. Um, oh, you know. So you I'm, already I'm... know we gonna boss up, say what up though. <laughs> and before I let you get out of here, I got some yes, rapid sir. fire questions. A handful of them. I like to Let's call this gone in 60 seconds. You ready to do this? Let's do it. Your favorite cartoon character as a kid? Bugs Bunny. Besides Michael Jordan, favorite Chicago athlete of all time? Scotty Pippen. Artist dead or alive you'd like to collaborate with? John Michelle Basquiat, uh, and I'll say it, Keith Haring. Besides art, what do you collect? Comics, uh, weird black, you know, memorabilia from iconic films and 
records and just, you know, stuff that's us, the culture. Absolutely. Two more. One thing that every artist should have. Uh, a business sense. Preach. You got your degree in film. Favorite movie you've seen during the lockdown? Oh, during the lockdown. Damn. Yeah. Um, recently, yeah. man. Uh, I mean, it was hard, man. Ma Rainey's. Can I can I do a couple real quick? Of course you can. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Phenomenal film. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And uh, shout out to uh, Shaka and Charles King. Um, and then um, Cherry, the Russo brothers. Make sure y'all check out those films. Make sure you check out everything Hebrew Brantley. I appreciate the love, my brother. All respect. Man, thank you, brother. Love. All love. Last call. Last call. I really want to thank this week's guest, Chi-Town's finest, the talented artist, Hebrew Brantley, for joining the show. What are your interests? What are you passionate about? What are your hobbies? I'm not saying the thing that might pay you the most money or the thing that might make you the most famous or have you go viral. What are you interested in? For fun. After talking to Hebrew Brantley on this week's episode, it reminded me so much of my late uncle, Paramore Hicks, because he loved to draw. And his slogan was, have mind, will create. He did thousands of paintings and pictures. That was on each one. I love music. It's the soundtrack to my life. That was my hobby. And as a youngster, one of my favorite records is hip-hop first started to ring bells and this is the late 70s you guys there was a group called the world-class wrecking crew and there was a dj named dr dre that dr dre the one from nwa and there was a song called surgery where he did multiple scratches that went something like this dr dre dr dre dr dre 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 I wanted to DJ. Two turntables and a mixer. Carrying the crates. Spinning the records for the audience to make them smile, to make them dance. DJing became my hobby. Falling so much in love with the music allowed me to fall out of love with the technology because it started to change. Gone were the days of my techniques and the mixer and carrying the crates. You want me to spin CDs? And I stopped pursuing my hobby. After interviewing Hebrew Brantley, it reminded me, pick back up my hobby. Start back DJ. This show is about painting the vision you see for yourself. Make sure you download, subscribe each week to the Renaissance Man podcast. I appreciate the love.